0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 64 of the Mo Money podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thank you so much for joining me for this awesome episode. I'm super excited to share my interview with my next guest, Jason VTug, who I actually met in person, which was awesome, uh, after I recorded this episode uh, at FinCon 2016, uh, not too long ago. And he is the nicest guy and just so friendly and so positive. You could just feel the positivity exuding from him, which is super uh, awesome. I feel like I've said awesome at least five times, so I'm going to try to... Figure out a new way to say awesome. But anywho, uh, you're going to love this episode because it's awesome. Uh, But also just because Jason's story is so interesting and very... And he's just an inspirational guy. He has so many things going on, uh, which we'll get to in the episode, including his Road to Financial Wellness uh, road trip. He went all uh, over the United States of America doing these um, workshops, basically, and just promoting financial literacy. And that's just one of the many things he's done. Uh, he's also written a, a great book, um, which was reviewed by the New York Times. Ooh, la, la. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into all that good stuff uh, coming up. But first, I want to thank uh, today's podcast episode sponsor, Just Wealth. Just Wealth is Canada's most comprehensive online investment platform. So make sure to visit justwealth.com/slash Jessica Dash Morehouse for a special $50 bonus when you sign up for an account with them. And if you want to know more information about Just Wealth and what all that is, stay tuned because I will be interviewing Andrew Kirkland, who is the president of Just Wealth in a future episode coming up. going to be talking about ETFs, robo-advisors, all that good stuff. So make sure to check out JustWealth.com because JustWealth is investing the way it should be just for you. Now let's get to the show. Thanks, Jason, for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to chat with you because you have a very... You have a lot of stuff going on right now, but you have a very interesting story. So let's uh, let's start from the beginning, and then we'll kind of move our way through everything. Um, uh, you know, I did a little research about you before the show and read your bio, and so it, it kind of seems not so much rags to riches, but you came from an inner city school. You had to work a lot to pay uh, for uh, university, and then you eventually wound up in Silicon Valley. So you want to take me through how that all happened? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it sounds really legit. You uh you, you did it sounds
0: super legit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did your uh, your research. Uh yeah, it sounds like a rags to riches story, but uh that's not the the case. I'm I'm still kind of like in this quest to define what what rich means right for me mm-hmm. and and i think that's why we're we're having this discussion so i'm really excited about that but uh yeah so i grew up in elizabeth new jersey which is the the fourth largest city um so mm-hmm. we're about uh 20 minutes outside of new york city it's an inner city it went through uh the public school system kindergarten to 12th grade and and what's really interesting about that is that i've always i always did the right things and and so mm-hmm. i followed this set path like Do really Mm. well in school, be really active and you're going to get into a great college and that's how your life starts. And at 17, I had my first conversation with my, with my parents, my mom who sat me down and she tells me, we can't afford to send you to school. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was devastated at 17 thinking, wow, like I, I played sports. I acted in school plays. I got good grades. I was in the honor society. I did a ton of clubs, but they were at the point where they made enough money to disqualify me for financial aid, but didn't have the resources to send their, their kid, me, their fourth child into school. And, and so that is how like the trajectory of my life changed. And, I hustled my way. I worked really hard. I, I took a job for an entire year working 60, 70 hours instead of going into my freshman year in college uh, so I could save mm-hmm. up enough cash to afford the first year's tuition. And mm-hmm. and so I was cleaning toilets, serving drinks. Uh, then eventually I found myself in, uh, in banking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to figure out, okay, well, I went to school originally for filmmaking and I got into the business school. So what am I going to do with my life? Because I was now in this quest to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Because when, when you're devastated at that young age about kind of pursuing something that, that you had your, your mindset on, now I was on this quest just to make money. And I thought going into the business school, getting a degree in finance was going to be that channel. And so I got into banking. I started as a teller. Uh, worked mm-hmm. my way up. Four years later, I'm VP of Marketing and Business Development for a credit union out in Silicon Valley. So,
0: whoa, <laughs>
1: yeah, you climbed
0: it, that ladder fast
1: in a really short period of time. Um, and I mean, that re- literally was like me taking your cash right across the tunnel <laughs> line. Four years <laughs> later, I'm in the boardroom, three thousand mi- miles away in California, in Silicon Valley, making decisions for this uh, this credit union. Uh, out there in Menlo Park, California. So, like, I really, and I thought what's, what's important is just um, in that story, it was really about working hard, but mm-hmm. I was really working smart and I was making the, the right connections. I was taking advantage of the resources, the classes, and, and the individuals that, that were willing to share their skills their knowledge with me. So that helped me and accumulate enough confidence to 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 get this job as, as VP. Um mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, my story <laughs> doesn't end there because as I was living in I was living at the time at Palo Alto, California, so one mm-hmm. of a really awesome place out there uh in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. And uh, I helped this credit union experience transformative growth. I mean, we grew almost um, 100% in asset size in a very short period of time, three in, within three and a half years. Wow. And so that was like, so that happened and the my CEO and my board of directors sat me down and said, Jason, uh, we're looking for a successor CEO, would you be interested? <laughs>
0: and, oh my gosh and how old were you at the time
1: 28 uh, uh, Wow yeah. that yeah. that's a
0: young CEO if you're to yeah
1: so I, I think I was actually turning 28 because this happened around June to, June of 20 mm-hmm. uh, 2011 mm-hmm. and and so uh, you're looking at at that anyhow at that at that point I had like one of those moments of whoa is this the the trajectory of the life I want to continue to live on, to live mm-hmm. and I mean i, I, I kind of had that ideal lifestyle from the outside where everyone saw like i dress dressed really well. I owned two cars uh, one of it was wow. a yeah two cars and then and there i i had a motor uh, a motorcycle, a pedal bike, <laughs> and, oh my
0: god, yeah,
1: and also a closet filled with with clothes with their tags mm-hmm. still on them still
0: on them so <laughs> yeah from outside perspective, you were kind of living the dream or or what people like strive for most of their careers.
1: Yeah. And that that's exactly, that's exactly it. And um, so that moment where I was offered this really amazing opportunity, I, I had to take a step back. And when I thought about, wow, a better title, CEO, Jason Vito, CEO, that sounded really great.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and then thinking about like the money. Uh, but then I started asking myself, well, what am I going to be, what am I going to do with it? I mean, yeah I was single at the time i'm single uh, I'm still single now, but I mm-hmm. still was trying to figure out like what am I going to be doing with with my life or the rest of mm-hmm. my life? And I love the people I work with, I love the job I was doing, but I necessarily didn't feel fulfilled, and I was on this constant race to kind of prove myself worthy and and I proved my worth based on the size of my income. Yeah. and I was at that point going, okay, well. I'm not finding this satisfaction or this happiness. Uh, I definitely need to uh, figure this out. And instead of taking that job uh, or that role as the mm-hmm. successor, I did the complete opposite. I resigned instead. <laughs> and so, oh. yeah. It, it's I a-
0: bet they weren't expecting
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at all. I think when, <laughs> when they find uh, what they call a the, the rising star in, in the organization, and here here is something that, that most people dream of, and I certainly dreamt of, having that role at one point um they they weren't expecting that and i wasn't expecting it myself mm-hmm. that that was the response but it did take me 6 months to leave so it wasn't like um oh, hey jason here's here's this uh successor ceo position we're going to train you to be to take over when when the ceo retires and then i said yes i'll take this <laughs> i i said mm-hmm. wait give me a moment let me think this thoroughly and i came back with no i think um I'm gonna take a different, different route. Uh six months later, I found myself backpacking around the world. Uh and that happened in 2012. So in 2012, wow. I, yeah, I went through 20 countries in 12 months. Such a really amazing experience. And, and
0: you did that, you like did that all on your own, or?
1: I did that all on my own. Um I wow. did Yeah, I did have friends uh yeah. that that met up with me in different countries. So it was like Their opportunity to say oh wow I've always wanted to go there I didn't want to travel alone since you're there I'll I'll meet up with you so I wasn't alone um for a good part of it but the the vast majority I was traveling by by myself and I did get the opportunity to meet really amazing people from all around the world that were backpacking as well and um or or just living they're expats kind of living outside Mm -hmm. of the west so I thought that was really interesting and And that just exposed me to so much, um, so much about myself and what really makes me tick and what really makes me kind of get up in the morning.
0: So you kind of found your, it definitely sounds like you had a little bit of an eat, pray, love kind of thing where, <laughs> right? Well, not not exactly for the same reasons, but, you know, the whole, you know, no, I think I need to kind of leave my life right now and go traveling to find myself. And it sounded like you did find yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny because I, I go around the country and I, and I give these talks about personal finance and mindset and and what's interesting is that I'll get people that will tweet or, or tell me that I have this guy's version of Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. And, and in many ways, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think about it and I and I watched the movie I, probably like two or three times. I haven't mm-hmm. read the book uh, myself. Oh, the and, book's
0: good. The book's good. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I definitely think I should check it out. But I, I get a lot of, of people – that hear the full story and say it, it has very similarities and and I tend to think too I, uh, we get to a point in our lives when we um, we're in our uh, mid-20s or mid 30s or 50s or what have you and when we don't fully allow ourselves to um, to be authentic and and to address kind of some of the uh, the beliefs that we have that makes us focus on the wrong things and and mm-hmm. as I mentioned you know growing up the way I grew up I focused on the wrong thing, it, not necessarily that it was bad for me, right so it 's better that I focused on on being successful in my career uh, as opposed to uh, you know taking on bad habits um, yeah yeah, but by my bad habits really stemmed from. I, I spent way too much. <laughs> like I was living paycheck to paycheck. That was kind of one of the things too. It's like, wow, I'm making six figures and I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What is going on? And the solution wasn't to make more money. Um, the solution really had to be in, uh, for me to look uh, internally. And mm-hmm. I realized I couldn't do that if I was surrounded by uh, the same environment over and over again. And and so when I was working with the same people, um, I hung out with the same group of friends I, I, ate at the same restaurants. I lived in the same mm-hmm. place. I couldn't get my mind to shift. And yeah. no matter how hard I tried, um, I couldn't make that the, the shift I needed to start working or creating the life that I wanted to live. And, and that's what traveling afforded yeah. me. And, and so I think that's why eat, pray, love. And, and people ask, it's like, Oh, should I travel? I don't think you necessarily need to do what I did, which was take a year off and travel mm-hmm. around the world. But it really is just gain new experiences, have new conversations, immerse yourself uh, in different cultures, food, and that mm-hmm. could happen kind of locally as well. Yeah, and, that's true. And so it's just
0: do something different, right?
1: Do, yeah, do something different. Have a different type of conversation with a different individual. And uh, I mean, that's what um, I've learned and... I mean, what's really interesting about that too is that, uh, people tell me, Jason, I can't, I can't go quit my job and backpack around the world for an entire year. I don't have the funds. And I necessarily mm-hmm. didn't have it either. Uh, <laughs> what I did was, uh, everyone kept telling me I needed to take that successor position, take the money, buy a house. And, yeah. and so that was the advice that I was getting. And I, again, it was that moment to say, hmm is owning a home going to define who I am as an individual? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized at that point that I wanted to travel and have more experiences. And and owning a home, um, although it may have made financial sense, would have distracted me from kind of the path that I am on now. And so instead of using the down payment I was saving to buy a Mm -hmm. home, I paid off the rest of my debt and Mm – I use like uh, uh, close to $10,000 for an entire year. That's how much it cost me to, to travel for 12 months and go through 20 different countries.
0: You and only spent $10,000? $10, $10,000. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> it is
1: crazy. And what's,
0: what's,
1: what's, what's really awesome about that is that I learned um, the generosity of people. Mm-hmm. I learned to, uh, to really trust kind of um, food. Elsewhere, because I think we grow up in the U.S., right? Being Americans, we yeah. grow up going things need to be packaged and yeah. has to be done a certain way, and 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 so yeah, we're going to pay a premium for that. And and so I was able to save by eating street food. And mm-hmm. so when I started seeing Europeans eating street food, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I try that? And it's mm-hmm. only one dollar as opposed to twenty dollars somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I
0: know. No, that just reminds me. I went to – me and my husband went to Thailand, and we didn't de- we didn't take a year off. We took three weeks off, but three weeks definitely did a trick because we were both kind of unhappy where we were living and our situation. We were just kind of you know, both at the point where we're like, ah, this isn't – and I honestly, I think it was around the same age that you were uh, when you were having the, that moment. <laughs> and yeah, we went to Thailand and ate street food, uh, pad thai for a dollar, the best ta- pad thai in the world. And, yeah, we definitely had a moment where, like, something needs to change. And, uh, yeah, and when we got back home, we are like, all right, I think we're going to move. <laughs> <laughs> that, so it's, it's, I absolutely recommend if you're having – if you're in a funk or a quarter-life crisis, mid-life crisis, traveling is usually a good option.
1: It, it really is a good option. And yeah. I And I think, too, like, those who's listening and you're – you're kind mm-hmm. of going from one job to the next, and thinking that is gonna what's gonna change your experience or your emotion towards your life. I, I tend to look at it this way: if you have the opportunity, you get offered a new job, um, see if you can take two, three, a month in between, and yeah. you'll you'll find that many employers are willing to do that. And f- taking the taking three weeks, four weeks off between kind of like switching from one job to another can really set you on the right path. And you come back more rejuvenated and excited for the new job that you're taking on or whatever you want to do. So it doesn't have to follow the path that I took, which was, okay, well, buy job and I have Mm -hmm. no clue what I'm going to do when I get back. Because that that is very stressful as well. So it's something that I recommend to people, but for them to understand that when reality hits in, when you come back Mm -hmm. home – that you do need to find a job or do need to find a way to sustain your living. Um, but don't let that deter you from kind of making the shifts. And that what, that's what brought me back in 2013. When I got back, mm-hmm. I everyone kept asking me, hey, Jason, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> and what's, <laughs> what's next? It's like uh, you, you live this dream lifestyle for an entire year, but what's next? And I wasn't necessarily sure what that would be, but I knew... I wanted to create something. I knew I wanted to build uh, build something that could have massive impact on other people's lives. And just looking back and reflecting on my life, I knew that personal finance, I knew that access to financial resources, information, products and services was a key factor in why many of us do not have the opportunity to, to live our dream lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And so... I started blogging uh in in, in around March, April of twenty thirteen, just letting people know what I was doing. And mm-hmm. the blog took off. Um like my, my friends and my family were sharing it. So from a handful of people to hundreds to thousands, mm-hmm. and eventually that within that same year, about like five, six months later, I said, I have this idea to build Frugal, and Frugal yep. was going to be this platform that gets, gets millennials, Generation Y, to kind of exchange financial information online. And so I put it out on the, um, out onto social, and I was very mm-hmm. successful in raising close, over $78,000 in 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> with uh, the help of uh, an amazing group of 541 people who believe as I do that we were breaking the social taboo about money. And mm-hmm. we were at that point where we all were focused not just on the, the money as the end goal, but mm-hmm. money as a tool. And exactly. but, Yeah, but we definitely needed uh, better ways to access information so we can make smarter um, and informed decisions. And that's what Frugal was born. It was really born as a blog that turned into a Q&A platform that is iterating and evolving as a community ages and, and as we get more information. And uh, so that's what's landed me here here today. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited that we have like 65,000 people are part of this community.
0: Wow. And,
1: and we're all engaged in, in wanting to live purposeful lives. Um, mm-hmm. But I also noticed something really unique and that had to do with, as a generation, so pretty much, I mean, all generations. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we love the, the ease of use of technology, but mm-hmm. we're, we're very social, and we like that social interaction. We want to um, have certain type of experiences. And looking at the trend that was happening with Frugal, I started thinking, how can I get the word out? How can I get yeah. more people to... To understand what we're doing and this focus as as money as a tool, um, and that le- that led me to creating the Road to Financial Wellness, which is this really crazy idea of of taking a road trip across the country, zigzagging. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a direct shot from one side <laughs> to the other. It really is zigzagging across the country. And in 2015, uh, it happened. I mean, this mm-hmm. this like, crazy idea I've had. Um, happened in a very short period of time. We drove ten thousand two hundred eighteen miles, had thirty seven events in a span of thirty days. Met wow. over yeah, met over eight thousand people, and it, everything re- resonated. And people were getting excited about financial education and financial literacy. And I worked with a number of partners, uh, uh, credit unions, fintech companies, non for profit, personal finance bloggers all around the country. And there's all this excitement. And and I took a step back. And I said to myself, wow, there's something here. If we can get six people into a classroom to learn about personal finance, budgeting, credit scores, what have you, that's good. But if yeah. we can get a dozen, now we're talking about hundreds of people in a room talking about personal finance, and they're excited about it, we're really on to something. Uh, mm-hmm. And – And so that, that thought and that idea just continue to permeate in, in my, in my head and, and evolve in my mind. Um, and so, but with all the success of the road trip, uh, in 2015, Mm -hmm. I was reaching out to local media. I was telling them, Hey, this is, this is a movement that's happening in the grassroots local and it's, it's turning into a national, uh, movement. And they were telling me, this is great and all, Jason, but um, we can't have you on TV because you're not an authority.
0: <laughs> oh, was, really?
1: Yeah. So I was like, Did huh. they not know
0: who you were? Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
1: so I was, I was like, um, well, what can make me into an authority? Well, uh, you're an authority when you're an author.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Exactly. And that was my response as well. <laughs> and And I was like, hmm. Well, I've written hundreds of blog posts. I've I've written for uh, a number of uh, online magazines, Business Insider, U.S. News, yeah. and World Report, and and does that count? And they're like, well, well, that's good, but uh, you know, you're more you're really an author when you have something substantiative as such as a book. And I thought, wow, okay, well, um, this is interesting. This is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself um, in July of 2015. I was going to write a book and mm-hmm. I was going to take everything that, that I've written in the blogs and, and my notes and combine it together and this was going to be my go-to manual. This is what yeah. I'm going to refer people to and and I said that on, on Facebook and mm-hmm. around August I, I told the world, the universe, that I was going to be a uh, an author and I was going to self-publish and mm-hmm. that landed in the in the the stream of one of my friends who I've known for a few years who loves the information I've been sharing, reading my blog and, and my story. Uh, mm-hmm. And she said, my son works at Wiley. Um, Ooh, I looked, well, isn't that said,
0: convenient?
1: Yes. Yeah, so she goes, <laughs> that's awesome. She said, I didn't know you wanted, um, you wanted to write a book. And, and so she patched me over uh, to her mm-hmm. son. And, and two weeks later I get an email asking me questions about myself, about my community, about my mm-hmm. goals and this idea for this book. And, and not just a few days later after that, I met with them in person in Hoboken, New Jersey. And when I got home, I had a book deal in my oh. inbox.
0: Oh my God, it that's was, awesome.
1: It was very quick. <laughs> and, and, and that really solidified for me that when you have a goal, when you mm-hmm. have a dream, um, don't be afraid to share it out into the world. Yeah. And social media is so powerful in that it gives us that platform. And we never know who who reads it, who can who sees it. And also I realize that we could be talking and thinking about the stuff that we want to do. I want to be an author. I want to be a business owner. I want to travel the world. But if we just have that conversation with ourselves, we actually don't, see the people around us that can make it happen. And so I encourage everyone, um, Mm -hmm. you make yourself accountable, go out there and share your hopes, your dreams. Um, And you'd be quite surprised in terms of the people that are, are willing to help you. And I mean, the road trip was a collaboration of so many people that made it successful. This book Mm -hmm. um, is a hodgepodge of stories from individuals as well as mine and and then this year, while I'm on the second road trip, uh, mm-hmm. even crazier attempt to zigzag across the country, um, it is a collaboration and it wouldn't be possible without the support of so many people. I mean, such as yourself, Jessica, I mean, we're, we're <laughs> this conversation because um, because you resonate with with the story and you resonate with the mission um, of of really living financially well lives, but mm-hmm. also purposeful ones.
0: Hmm. Which I absolutely I think the more, especially as I get older, that becomes more and more just clear to me. The whole uh, living with purpose or, or, or knowing what your purpose is in terms of and and you know including personal finance in that kind of equation. Um, but that is awesome, and I'm super excited to read your book. It's not out quite yet, right? It's still on my like pre order. I checked well, out.
1: Well, yeah. So it actually is out. Um, and okay. I'm wrong. Part of with, with, well, what's funny is that with the rush of of uh, of like with the road trip and the book and all that stuff, I realized that all my information says it's available on pre order, and 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 so. But it's
0: actually available.
1: It, it's actually available. So, oh good. <laughs> so, but, but see that that goes to show you that, that you know we we I might be on top. you might, might have this appearance. Them on top of things, but
0: uh, you're really, very busy.
1: <laughs> very busy, yes. Uh, but it is, oh, wow. yeah, the book is called You Only Live Once The Roadmap to Financial Wellness in a Purposeful Life. It is available um, in all major retailers as well as independent booksellers. So you could buy it online, you could buy it at the bookstores, uh, and things like that. And, and the book does touch upon my story and the stories of others. I talked a bit about the road trip. Um, Mm -hmm. but the whole focus really is on how can we create craft a purposeful Mm -hmm. life and money needs to be part of that conversation. So it is about personal finance, but it is about motivation and it's this weird conglomeration of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, of words that I'm finding is resonating across generations and it's getting people excited about pursuing financial education as a tool, um, to live a life of purpose uh, mm-hmm. And so, so I'm excited about
0: that. I'm excited about it too, because like you're saying, exactly stuff that I'm trying to live by and lead by and share to my audience and my readers and listeners is that you know money shouldn't be the focus. It needs to be understood better. I mean, I you know it's it's crazy still that there's so many people out there that are. You know, earning money, but they aren't, they don't know how to manage it. And because of that, they're maybe mismanaging it and their, you know, their opportunities are kind of slashed in half and there aren't. You know, they, they aren't able to do everything they'd like to do because they just don't really understand what they should be doing with their money. So I'm glad that you, uh, you know, have Rugal and you have this awesome book uh, that will help teach people. You know, I love that it's called The Roadmap to Financial Wellness and a Purposeful Life because I think lots of people want, like, give me a roadmap, just tell me what to do. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're here to tell people what to do. And also, I just want to say congrats because I saw that you were reviewed in the New York Times. That's kind of a big deal.
1: Yes, um, that, that, I'm like, I'm grinning. <laughs> as right? As like, I'm grinning for you. That is
0: so freaking cool.
1: It, it, it is. And so I have this, um, yeah, I am a man and I have a vision board. And so, yes, you do, male, of course. For, for all your male listeners, um, congrats. And if you do not, definitely have a vision board. I, I say that because as I go around the country and I talk about vision boards, um, it usually is the, it's, it, um, the majority are females that have mm-hmm. it and they're excited that I believe in vision boards as well, but um,
0: I, I believe it. I have a, a male friend, he's a realtor and he does very well at what he does, but he has a vision board and he, he redoes it every year. And he's like, every year I, I do almost everything that's on that board. I'm like, all right, I'm in it. I'm doing this.
1: <laughs> I, I'm the same exact way. It's really interesting that the stuff that I've placed on the board and, and the things that I've written down of what I want to accomplish within the year or within mm-hmm. this lifetime, these things do happen, and I think it just make, it, it increases our awareness. So it's not just a matter yeah. of saying, I want all this stuff to happen. It just increases our awareness, and so when an opportunity arises, um, mm-hmm. you'll seize it because now it's, it's visual. We've actually created something, and I think that's important. That's why uh, the vision boards are a really great deal. But I had New York Times review, New York Times bestseller, on this, on this vision board. And I really spelled it out because I wanted I, I saw them as two different things. And mm-hmm. uh, so when I got an email from my publicist over at Wiley, she goes, Jason, it's out the review. Mm-hmm. I was in New Orleans out Cafe Dumont having mm-hmm. a beignet and and coffee. Mm-hmm. I almost passed out. I was like, What am oh, I yeah. I was like, is this real life? Is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> and so I rushed, and I was like, calm. And, and and I'm like, okay, where do I go buy newspaper? Where? Yeah. And and I was like, I was like, that that sounds really bad, right? It's like I didn't know where to buy newspaper. And
0: so, well, you were in a state of shock. That's it fair. Is, That's fair. A state
1: of shock, but um, I think we. We, we, we do – I read a lot of my news uh, online and through social, and, and I may yeah. find myself reading a newspaper when I'm staying at the hotel. And so I'm asking around, and people are looking at me really strangely. Maybe it's because I was in this panic mode or, or excited mode, but no one had any clue where right, to buy a newspaper. And, oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Eventually, yeah, eventually I said to myself, Jason, calm down. Um, <laughs> uh, a very high uh, luxury hotel would have newspapers. They would carry the New York Times. And mm-hmm. so I walked my way towards the West End and uh, mm-hmm. there was a Starbucks and and there was a the copy of the New York Times and and I start flipping through the pages and I'm like there it is mm-hmm. and I take a photo of it and the the girl at the cash register in Starbucks she starts smiling she goes congratulations she goes what's oh. happening <laughs> and I'm like my book is reviewed on the New York Times, and and that was awesome. Uh, I
0: hope you framed that because that's definitely something you should frame.
1: I I do have my parents bought copies of it, and I believe they're looking at framing it. I'm on the road right now. I'm on the road. Yeah, to, uh, fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I have my own copy, so <laughs> I do oh, have my own awesome. copy that I stare at. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> so but it's it it is great and. Um, I've been talking with a number of friends and personal finance bloggers and everyone else, and they're saying that it's it is huge and mm-hmm. that the book does has resonated. Um, and it's very rare for the book to be reviewed, a personal finance book to be reviewed in the New York Times. Um, mm-hmm. And then they just felt that uh, it did resonate, and so the review is good. I mean, it does talk about the oh, pros yeah. Thank and God, the God it's a good
0: review too, not. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Do they give bad reviews or do they just not review them? I don't know. Um, I asked about
1: that too because when I found out that they were going to review the book, I asked, "Is it a good or bad review?" And they're like, "Well, it could be, it could be good and bad, or oh. either or. We don't know until it's published. Like, so we don't have a say."
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the,
1: the but that was I was coached into believing that re- whether it's good or bad, getting a the book reviewed um, yeah. is is huge because it will just help grow the awareness of it. And so when I read it. I was like, wow, this is, this is good. And he got it. He got the, mm-hmm. the whole goal of the book, which was for us to understand this, the life we want to live before we start setting financial goals that don't mm-hmm. align with that life. And he got that. And, and that yeah. was my goal. And that's my goal for those who read it.
0: That's awesome. So my next question, I know you're still on the road, so you're still very busy. But what do you have you thought about what is the next step for you? What's going on after this road trip?
1: Yeah. So, um, the next step really is just to, uh, probably take a, a month and disappear and sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, go that goes to that saying, but, um, I think, uh, now I think, I believe what I will be working on is enhancing the platform, so we're, mm-hmm. we're working on on making frugal turning frugal from a and A site into an actual knowledge base of information to make it easier for people to find the info that they're looking for and not have to wait um, for specific answers. Getting them, um, making it easier to discover uh, the financial products and services that they're looking for. And I think that was some of the issues that were we found out last year, and that's being reinforced this year. It's like all this information is great, Jason. We're excited, but the issue that's lying that that I'm faced with is I'm overburdened with student loan debt. Um, mm-hmm. My credit card isn't really the best credit card for me, or or what have you. And and so they're trying to figure out a way to to kind of find products and services that align with their values, um, mm-hmm. that align with with our purpose. And as I've been going around the country, I've been meeting a lot of organizations that provide products and services, financial cooperatives, credit unions, USAA mm-hmm. that that have purpose and and so I think as I continue to work on walk on this path that I want people to, to, to know that there are financial institutions out there that align with this message that can yeah. help us live a purposeful life because again money is still part of this conversation it's an integral part it's not the end goal but it's integral mm-hmm. and so I'm going to enhance the frugal platform. I'm going to continue to write. Um, and also, I want to connect more people such as yourself mm-hmm. and other personal finance bloggers and educators who have this purpose and this mission and make it easier for you to connect to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. And, and so I believe that it isn't just one single person. Uh, I'm not trying to be the financial motivational, what have you, guru. What I want Mm. is to create a network of us that are living purposeful lives and empowering others to do so through example and getting them to be examples within their community.
0: Absolutely. We're better together.
1: <laughs> That's right. I love that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason, for taking the time to chat with me. It was a pleasure. And now I feel like I need to go do something awesome. You're like, such an inspirational, motivational person.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jessica. This, this was a really awesome time um, and conversation. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. And that was episode 64 with the awesome Jason VTUG. Make sure to check out frugal.com and also his, uh, you know, personal website, jasonvtug.com uh, to find out more about him and the road to financial wellness. Make sure to also check out his awesome book, You Only Live Once, The Roadmap to Financial Wellness and a Purposeful Life. It is a good read. You will want to check it out. And again, a big thank you to today's podcast episode sponsor, Just Wealth, Canada's most comprehensive online investment platform. Again, if you want to open an account with them and get your ETF on and start doing some self-directed investing, which I am absolutely encouraging of, um, make sure to check out justwealth.com slash Jessica-Morehouse for your special $50 bonus when you sign up for an account with them. Just Wealth, investing the way it should be just for you. All right. And before I wrap up, there's a couple more iTunes reviews that I want to give shout outs to. Hey, one is from Australia. And I'm going to get to that first because that is the best that is literally on the other side of the world. Australia, I love you. I've always wanted to go to you. Maybe, maybe this is a sign. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so the uh, Australian iTunes review, my first non Canadian, non US review is from Pyramid Dream from Australia. A really fun, casual, and laid back podcast on personal finance. I love listening to the stories of all the guests, and the best thing about the podcast is that the interviews aren't so serious, it's more like a conversation. Great job, Jess, and keep the episodes coming. Oh, I will, Pyramid Dream. Oh, I will, because I love Australia. And I love you. All right. So the next one I've got is, and forgive me if I've already said this one before, but I don't think I have. I feel like maybe I've just read it a few times and I feel like I've shared it. But okay. I'm just going to get to it. It is from the USA from m M3- 3 Or maybe that's am ill. It's hard to tell. But anyways, they say, I've listened to several podcasts on finance, and after listening to about six episodes, I've come to depend on Mo Money. I'm an older generation than Jessica, but her words and guests help me keep going on my goals. Also, she doesn't cut anyone down. She's honest and trustworthy. She speaks on what she knows and brings in people who are wise to comment on what she doesn't. It's fun and easy and immediately practical, yet still kind of chicken soup for the financial soul while moving you forward on your goals." Yes! Thank you so much. That made my day. And if you want to send me some nice words, even not so nice words, I just, uh, I I like criticism. I want to improve myself. So if you want to let me know what you're thinking about my podcast, I would absolutely appreciate an iTunes review. And again, make sure to check out the show notes for this episode at jessicamorehouse.com slash 64. And I will see you back here tomorrow for another Listener Series episode.
1: This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.